0: Hey, I'm David Greenwald.
1: And I'm Dominic Sinicola.
0: And this is Pretty Little Grown Men. Can bread? Can you bread? To the bread! And we're back. Oh, that was that, a good one. That was a beer sound.
1: Yeah. Um, not only did I just open a beer, but uh, as I was saying before, I don't know why, but I used my full name in the intro.
0: Just changing it up.
1: Yeah. My full name is Dominic, in case uh, fans of the show didn't know. Dominic Joseph Sinicola. What's Dave, your full name, David? There Dave? you go.
0: It's uh, David Elliott Greenwald.
1: That's a good name. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's, not, it's fine. Do you not like your name? I like my name. I like my I, name too. I
0: like being a David. I never, I actually use my middle name in my email because I couldn't get David Greenwald at Gmail. Uh, but other than that, I, you know. It's a weird... I I would never use it for anything.
1: Isn't there another media personality named David Greenwald? Um, I know there's an Andy Greenwald. There's an Andy Greenwald and Glenn Greenwald. And Glenn Greenwald. There
0: actually is another David Greenwald out there, though. Well, there's a few. Uh, If you look on Facebook, which I did a few years back, there's a whole bunch of us. Uh, But there is another David Greenwald who... I think worked for UCLA Magazine when I was there working at the school paper, the Daily Bruin. Mm-hmm. So there were a few times when people got us confused, and I had to explain, no, there's two of us. It's weird. <laughs> uh, and I, I think I emailed back and forth with him a couple times, but you know, never actually got to meet, which is too bad. I mean, both writers, I'm sure, we would have had mm-hmm. a lot in common.
1: There's another Domson Nicole that I found on Facebook. He Actually, I found... The other Dalmatian on Facebook because he friended me on Facebook. Nice, only because we had the same name, and I did not think that was a good enough reason. <laughs> uh, which I, it was a good enough reason to accept his friend request, but it was not a good good enough reason to have any sort of uh, back and forth conversation with him when he messaged me. Yeah, and I did not respond because I was like, "This is this is too far. Other too Dom. weird. It's too weird. I'm not I'm not going to participate in this."
0: Well, at least he wasn't a life-size doll version of you, uh, (laughs) which leads us into this week's Pretty Little Liars episode. Uh, Do do you want to do a fake beer sponsor first?
1: Oh, sure. yeah. Now that we've
0: cracked that that bad boy open. The
1: beer that I opened is the Alphadelic IPA by Hop Valley. Um, It's in a can, uh, as you probably heard, uh, because I got a 12-pack for a camping trip that I went on over a week ago, um, it's not uh, it's not one of my favorite beers, but uh, it's a reasonable price and it's a decent IPA. Um, and it's called Hop Valley, so you know they're very hop forward. Uh, during the episode, I drank a Crux IPA, which is one of my favorite IPAs. Uh, Crux Crux Brewing out of Hood River, I believe.
0: Uh, and I'm gonna have. I can't remember if I mentioned this on the podcast yet or not. I've been having a bunch of these guys. Oakshire Brewing Sunmade Raspberry Berliner Weiss, which is an American sour ale with real raspberries, and that's true. When you get to the bottom of the of the can and you, you know, give it a rinse so you can put it in recycling. Grits? There's some uh, there's some some raspberry bit Ooh. at the bottom. Uh so I really like this and they also make this crazy cucumber sour, which uh is gonna replace this one And I think right now already. They've mm-hmm. changed it over. Uh, but this is a tasty beer if you can get a hold of it. Hell yeah. So those are our, our fake our fake sponsors for the week.
1: Um uh, shout out to Paste Magazine, my part time employer. They did a uh blind tasting of best organ beers. Oh, nice. Uh, recently. There's some there's some really good ones in there. They miss they missed Crux, but you know, they're only they're based in Georgia, so they only get so much sent to them. Um I'm very curious to see what they actually what they got a lot of the a lot of dependable brands boneyard <clears throat> they have Freem's. they don't have Freem's i p a the, they might actually have the Freem that you drank hillary uh the the springtime ale maybe yeah, they have a Freem in there um, for, for those Widmer. just sorry
0: for those just tuning in uh Hillary, who gets mentioned once in a while on this podcast, is my wife who's just hanging out on the couch.
1: Oh, just yeah. so you
0: know who that is. Not everyone has been here for sixty-nine episodes.
1: Here in season two of Pretty Little Grown Men, we have to reestablish our m- mythos. Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> There's somebody listening right now who's like, "I remember who Hillary is." <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Thanks we haven't done beer in sponsors
1: in a while. That's right. <laughs> I forgot that. One of our that was one of our best uh, sign-off. One raises. of our old taglines. Yeah. Um, so okay, we're here to talk about the sh- the the show Pretty Little Liars.
0: Yeah, I took some notes on my notepad this week mm-hmm. because just trying to keep the beat straight. And this episode was extremely emotionally heavy and pretty uh, intense, like action wise. Yeah, and I'm glad I took. I, I didn't actually need to take notes because it was. It felt like. It was a pretty. Th- it was like not an overpacked. I don't know. It was like pretty straightforward mm-hmm. as far as what was going on. Uh, every liar sort of had her own storyline, mm-hmm. but they were pretty straightforward and just super dramatic and sad and intense and like very little of the quippy banter or humor or lightness that we expect uh, from the show. It was mm-hmm. all pretty much like intense, terrible
1: things happening. The only quippy you banter came at the beginning when Spencer was trying to hide the crying baby phone.
0: So, yeah, at the beginning, this was, like, a really funny... This was, like, actually a really funny thing to me as a parent uh, to have the the Evil Games phone, like, crying like a baby just <laughs> throughout the course of this night, and Spencer's trying to get to sleep, and she finally calls over the other liars. But I thought that was funny because that's what babies do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who... what, Why is this a baby? Like is this trying to be a reference to Allie? Like, why would it do this to Spencer? And she's like, uh, it's cause I found out that I'm like a, a weird baby cause of my mom or whatever. JC, you see a Dickensian
1: something is how she describes Dickensian it. foundling. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a weird baby. Yeah. Um, it would have been funnier if she was like, I'm a weird baby. <laughs>
0: But, yeah, I I don't really think we got a good explanation for why the game cried like a baby. Uh, But we'll just go with it. It was amusing. That's okay.
1: Um, And uh, speaking of weird babies, uh, Allison was not in this episode. Uh, She was off attempting to fill out paperwork to get divorced from Dr. Husband. um, And still... still, Well, that could
0: have been a lie. Because the other liars don't know that Allie's pregnant. Really? Yeah, Emily was covering for her. Oh. She was saying Allie has to go deal with some stuff. My, my baby. Right now. Uh, so maybe that was code for Allie's going to get an abortion. I think I don't, she, think, I so. don't think it was. I think she's just getting out of town. Listen. But uh, Emily's covering still covering for Allie.
1: The show has handled a lot of things poorly, but I don't think that Allison getting an abortion would be one of them.
0: Just an off-camera. Just comes back next week. Hey. Yeah. Well done.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, they, I it's I like when know. Aunt Vivian and the Fresh that. Prince just changed over. Just she comes back. When Fallon's <laughs> a completely different person when she comes back. Um. Yeah. So, uh, they so we found out that it's Hannah's turn this week. Um, because she said the magic Mary Drake words.
0: She said Mary Drake's a lying liar, and then the phone buzzes and was like, "Hey, it's your turn. Your turn. You get to play." Yeah. And we were watching this like. This stupid phone is listening to your entire conversation. You are being surveilled right now as you discuss what to do about this phone.
1: So this is this is the thing that's happening throughout this whole so so Hannah eventually uh tells Caleb that she that this game exists and then Caleb of course becomes obsessive about it. But when Caleb discovers this phone, the first thing he says is, Hannah, this phones have cameras AD is pretty much watching everything that's going on and Hannah's like I'm sorry, you know, like a, a lot of things are going on. But she's like whatever. I mean, it's fine. We know. Yeah. And it's like and but that's just that's how surveillance is is approached in the show all the time, which is that there's this weird disconnect between between what between the omniscience of AD and what actually happens to the liars. So they're, like, planning secret things of how to thwart AD's plan, but they're saying it out in the open and they know in front of the fucking phone Yeah, so and that the, AD and game, can hear everything. And
0: the game board, which is, yeah. like, obviously responsive to what they're saying, because AD, who like Ezra Fitz and like other characters in the show before them has nothing better to do than to just sit on a, on a laptop somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know, in like an Ezra monitor compound, surveillance compound is like chilling on headphones. Uh, And it's like the craziest thing about one of the craziest things about the show still is the fact that some evil mastermind, would have the patience to just sit there for hours and hours and listen to these like 23 year old girls just, you know, just yammer on, right. You know, uh, trying to figure out who's going to like take this crying baby phone home. Like, (laughs) I don't know. Like if that was your evil plan, aren't there better things you could be doing with your time?
1: Not if you're Ezra Fitz. Yeah,
0: I, I guess not.
1: The real a D Ezra Fitz deserve it. A D our dream. A D
0: our dream. A D. Yeah, it's true. Um, he wasn't in this episode either. Someone else was, we'll get to that at the the end.
1: The specter of Ezra was in this episode. The the shadow, the shadow of Ezra. Always in my dreams as well. Um,
0: so the show did like a kind of weird, funny thing with Hannah's story where Hannah is supposed to, she, she's given this like socialite, um, senator's governor's daughter, her dress. Mm Mm-hmm. Part of which she stole, or, 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 you know, was made in collaboration with her previous boss, yeah. and of course, uh, AD knows this because everything on the show has to be telegraphed mm-hmm. for plot purposes. Right, and it shows up in some in some fashion blog that there's oh a rumor that it's a stolen dress,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which was very gossip girly to me. And we were just talking about Gossip Girl in a previous yeah. episode, but this is like a classic Gossip Girl thing where there's a blog post and that's what moves the plot forward.
1: Right. Um, so uh, apparently the way to combat the blog post is to is for Lucas to randomly show up again at his own home, uh, which apparently he doesn't actually sleep in anymore, and to set up a meeting with investors uh, to show them hannah's designs um and then and then i, so, okay. I was confused by that because i thought he
0: was just like super rich and was just gonna float this business and the idea that he needs to like go call investors to get into it as opposed to him just saying yeah here's a here's a shit ton of money right there, there, i didn't understand
1: there that. are no that's the thing is like there are no stakes to what hannah is doing so this is hannah's passion And this is her one shot, apparently. Like, I'm sure that she has plenty of shots, but this is her one shot, apparently, to really impress all these people and to show that she's got what it takes to, you know, begin her fashion empire. Um, But Lucas very overtly says, "Hannah, don't worry about it. There are are, there are a thousand ways that I can write this off. Uh Like, you don't have to worry about this. I think I think Lucas is basically just like." It'd be nice to find investors, but if we don't find investors, it's not a big deal, right? Um, you can just continue to live in my house, and I'll just give you money to design clothes, right? Um, and so that when when Hannah, so inevitably when Hannah uh, doesn't really fulfill the obligations of her turn, it doesn't matter because there are no stakes,
0: right? It's weirdly deflated and. I mean, this is the first time that something like this has happened on the show, or especially in the context of this version of the game, mm-hmm. right? Where the game was not really fulfilled, uh, and it's sort of the game's fault because it doesn't get fulfilled because Caleb's trying to break into the board and it like sends fart, poison a poison a farts gas in at him. his face
1: real hard. He gets a mouthful of fart and falls over. So
0: presumably, the game understands that it has now set the setup hannah to fail her turn because she's going to go over to the hospital and see caleb
1: but what is so nefarious about ad keeping hannah from impressing investors when lucas has enough money to float her anyway
0: well yeah like i it's, mean
1: it's such it's such a it's such a uh toothless thing for ad to do
0: it was it was a weird i don't know it's a weird it's a weird plot point Um, And I think the show has tried really hard in this episode and the previous one. Like she has this emotional monologue in this one with Caleb where she was like, I was going to go to this meeting and and be in charge and a boss and creative and not not everyone sees me like that. And you have like this, you know, nice piece of acting and a vulnerable moment and like this sort of deeper moment than Hannah just like being, you know, mad and childish and impetuous, you know. So I think the show has tried really hard to to show that, like, she really cares about this, but it's also, like, juxtaposed against this, like, weird, gross, life-size Hannah doll that comes to her door, and, and uh, or Lucas's door, and forces her, her to explain the game to Caleb. Right. And then, like, she has to go into the doll's appendix like she has to basically do surgery on this doll and of course there's fake blood just like splattering around (laughs) and it's so so, it's so weird and gross uh and she's given this bag of like
1: blood i'm sorry but what's even weirder is that hannah hannah literally sets up her living room to look like an operating center right like, totally. it was like, like a Dexter episode. I would just walk over to the kitchen, grab a fucking steak knife and cut into that thing. Like I would I, right. I wouldn't why, set set this up.
0: Why would you have expected that it was going to be filled with blood or <laughs> right. or whatever? Like it's a it's a doll. That was extremely surreal.
1: It has responses is pretty uh accepting of the fact that there are liquids shooting out of this doll.
0: Yeah, she's, like, not really surprised by it.
1: hmm exactly. And so, so then she finds this dress.
0: That was the weirdest part of the
1: show. That says, wear me, which, and then she puts it on, and it's, I don't understand what the point of it is. It's, like, supposed to be, I don't understand. Okay, there, I, I couldn't tell, and I don't. It's just, like, this gross blood-covered dress. Well, no, I think that it was, like, it was some, like, uh, vaguely Asian dress, I guess. I don't know but it was very uh very short and it was uh a bit i don't i i didn't know what the point of it was i didn't know if it was a supposed to be a dress that would confirm that she had stolen a design so maybe it was the design got it of her previous employer or or and i had the exact same thought simultaneously which is uh Maybe it's an ugly dress, and so she shows, shows up to try and impress him, but she's wearing something that's super ugly. Right. I, have I mean, no, that I have no seems sense like sense of fashion, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, I was actually really unclear on what was going on with that because I just saw the bag, and I was like, "Is she supposed to like dump this blood everywhere? Like, what what is going on with this?" So I was a little baffled by that whole situation. Yeah, which is fine. It anyway, up, I mean, matter. it ended up. Yeah, it ended up not mattering.
1: Um, we never found out what happened with Lucas if he impressed the investors or not.
0: That's true. Save it for next week.
1: Yeah, there's actually this, this episode was pretty cliffhanger-y. More than a lot of uh, in-between episodes usually are.
0: Yeah, it's true. This one was definitely like raising raising the stakes or raising the escalation level of the drama.
1: Uh, a lot of Caleb in this episode. Caleb yes. is a fucking asshole. Uh, yeah, his he's character really, sucks now. He's,
0: yeah, he's horrible. So Caleb has an interaction with Spencer because he's over at... Uh, the barn. He's over at the barn trying to pop open the game, the board game. He, and no, he's,
1: he's dude. He's flashing like cat. Like, <laughs> Hillary. He's flashing cat lasers at the fucking board game. Yeah, he's got
0: like his laser, his green laser <laughs> pen, and he's trying to like scan it or whatever. <laughs> and oh, he's got God. a
1: stethoscope, like he's trying to. And he's like, I can't figure out if it's electronic or mechanical. Uh, and then but the reason that he gets sprayed in the face, which is funny because it, because it's like I don't, I just don't know what happened. It's like. Do you honestly think that A is going to let you get away with prying things up from the board?
0: Yeah, it seems it, unlikely.
1: Like, of course, something bad is going to happen. For a second there, um, and this will we'll expound upon this when we talk about the real m- sad meat of this episode. For a second there, I thought that Caleb was going to die, and I was very happy. Yeah, and I really hoped. I was. I was. That would have been, been a no great more, twist. There have been no more fitting end for Caleb than to die smugly thinking that he had taken care of his past relationship with Spencer. Yeah,
0: dying in his own hubris. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Well, yeah, because we wanted or I wanted him to get some more comeuppance for the last season where he basically just like thinks he knows what he's doing and he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room and he's going to save everyone. And then, of course, he ends up getting Hannah kidnapped and doesn't really seem to learn any lessons from that. It just makes him get back together with Hannah. Right. Which was like very unsatisfying as far as character growth, or him getting anything more serious from that experience.
1: Well, I mean, we can talk more about uh, unsatisfying character growth because I think that this episode proved that uh, the show is going to revert fully fully into status quo
0: it is it is um, I had a thought when we were talking earlier about surveillance, and i 'm wondering what you think about this. Mm-hmm. Is the show trying to make a – the fact that they're just acting the way they would normally act and Mm -hmm. there's no sense of, like, trying to keep anything a secret but just, like, yelling things into the camera, essentially, (laughs) Uh, And even though that, like, the show basically sort of pierces the the fourth wall almost in this episode by saying, you know you're being surveilled, right? Right. Um, And so there's sort of the bubble of naivete is taken away, Mm -hmm. even though it should never have been there. Is the show trying to make a comment about how we behave in public or like the difference between public and private lives in the age of like surveillance or the Internet or whatever? I mean, this is like a big topic. And I guess what I the first thing I would think about is like an Amazon Alexa box or one of these like there's some new box that goes into your, into your bedroom and Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's for. uh, But there was some article about this where it's like, it will just record stuff and keep it indefinitely on Amazon or Verizon or somebody's servers. And you basically have no rights at all to this footage, personal footage that's being taken in your house on this thing that you have bought for yourself. And I don't, I mean, these episodes were sort of uh, made, I mean, the show obviously predates all that stuff, but we are now moving into this era where everything in your house is kind of spying on you. Microwaves. And, and people don't seem to... Yeah, microwaves. Uh, but seriously, <laughs> Some though... Some hacky
1: political humor for the, you. <laughs> the, 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 whole, the
0: whole the whole connected Internet of Things idea is that mm-hmm. like all this shit is explicitly listening to you so that you can tell something to buy something instead of pressing a button. And I yeah. find it extremely frightening. Uh, and I don't know. Do you think that this... Is Pretty Little Liars trying to to riff on that a little bit with the internet of board games?
1: <sighs> no, I don't. I don't think so. I think that it's it's uh, interesting to think about um, because I do th- I do think there's uh, something there to the idea that we operate as if we're not being watched, even though in the back of their heads we know we are, um, and that's how you survive in modern life uh, uh, without going crazy is by just assuming that you're not being that you're not important enough to be listened to. Um, But I don't think this, because this has always been the case for the show, even before, I mean, we are trying to parse the timeline as it exists because Emily made a humorous side comment uh, about Aria's newfound ability to use technology uh, that she accidentally had her phone on airplane mode throughout half of freshman year um right. and we were like did iphones exist when the they were s- supposedly in their freshman year of high school right um and i think that we concluded that no they did not uh unless this sh- unless the show is currently taking place in the future
0: yeah i'm not sure that was a funny that was a funny line but i think if we really wanted to sleuth this out I don't think they have iPhones uh, or or touchscreen phones well, the, okay, when they're teenagers. No, when they're in the first, you know, before, we, the, the, yeah. the, before Allison dies. I don't think
1: we have to do sophisticated math to think we're five years in the future from when they graduated high school.
0: Well, I mean, we can just think about what phones they had at the beginning of the show. And they had flip phones. Mm-hmm. They did not have iPhone E phones until later. Yeah, so they didn't. Later.
1: And uh, uh, airplane mode did not exist. Was not I don't thing. even think that airplane mode was in the first couple models of the iPhone. Yeah, I
0: don't know. Well, <laughs> this is the We kind got of, you, characters. <laughs> yeah, this is the this show. This is what you listen to Pretty Little Grogan <laughs> for. <laughs> like, inten- really intense analysis of, of whether or not they had an iPhone. Uh, in 2000. I'm sorry. If I wrote a
1: TV show, this is something that I would fixate on and get right. It, it was a good dream logic, Tom. Dream well, logic. <laughs> What's up, Norm? You still listening to us? Hey.
0: Um, but yeah. So let's talk about the Aria and Emily uh, detective agency, which was like <laughs> so random. And part of this episode really felt like it switched tone a lot to me because of like just the the sadness and the vulnerability and also especially uh this plot.
1: You you mentioned that it uh, it felt a lot like Veronica Mars and I think you're totally right on. This yeah. is this is actually the first time that I really felt like this show could be a direct descendant of Veronica Mars. Totally. Um
0: because that show like is I think I think it is an influence, but you know the the I've only seen the first season, but that show like has does the banter thing, mm-hmm. but its banter in a very like almost antagonistic self-protecting way uh which is what this episode was much more like and this episode was just a lot more you know brusque
1: just right. a lot more well, first of all dave you should watch the second season of veronica actually you should watch all of veronica mars it's yeah. all good the second season especially is really really good yeah uh the third yeah i i agree i mean because i think that's what um what characterized Veronica Mars was uh this sort of surprising tone of of darkness where you have a you have what is essentially a soap opera populated by high school students or in this case you know post high school students and uh every once in a while it's injected with this real serious morbidity i guess um the idea that like just because this is a melodrama does not mean that these characters are invulnerable to real tragedy Mm -hmm. um and i think the veronica mars is a little bit more serious about it has a bit more stakes and is a bit more dire uh, especially when um uh i don't know when you want to talk about it, but especially because of the death in this episode, which is right. just, <laughs> I I kind of I kind of hated it, but I, uh, but the idea that death is very real and it matters quite a bit, it's not some sort of plot point. It's, 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 it's it feels. I don't know how else to say. It. Besides, it feels more than a plot point. Mm-hmm. And I think that this show struggles with that sometimes.
0: Yeah. Well, I think.
1: Especially when, like, Charlotte—fucking f- Charlotte is supposedly dead, and who's who's actually mourned her besides uh, Allie, kind of? Right. Right. Yeah, I— No, Con got his fucking head, off, head cut off. Yeah, Even and if you don't like him, he got his head cut off. Yeah, it's
0: really brutal, and no one is, like, having nightmares about it. It was—that th- was definitely more of, like—that was definitely more of, like, a plot point and almost, like, a camp element, like yeah. a slashery— just like a slasher homage element, as opposed to like, you know, one of the liars killing somebody, which happens
1: every so often. Well, then, so I, so I guess the question ultimately is, um, I mean, maybe. I mean, by the
0: time they kill Doctor Husband, you know, they feel like hardened killers almost. Like they're they, they're dealing with it, and there's some emotions, but you know, it, they kind of get over it pretty quick compared death, to death previous. Is everywhere.
1: I mean, they're. All, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, like I just I I don't okay so here's here here might be uh a question that gets to the heart of whether or not we're willing to follow the show where it wants to go which is that the show is like it varies in tone wildly it's kind of all over the place genre wise it's trying to do different things like sometimes it's really serious sometimes it's goofy uh it's hard to tell whether it's taking itself serious or not half the time mm-hmm. like do we just give it a free pass to sort of try all these different things like the difference between like the 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 first three episodes of this half season have been pretty different in a lot of ways, yeah, it's true, and it's just like it's not it's not consistent anymore, but maybe that's not a I don't know is that is that for a show that's been on this long and has gone through as many transitions as it has, is that a bad thing anymore? Or do we do, is that is that like we do we give the show license to like stretch its creative legs and just like fart all over as many genres as it wants to?
0: Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's a bad thing. I just thought this particular episode was it felt really disorienting to me. Just because, you know, it's it wasn't it's not so dramatically different than the last episode. And if you were a casual person to watch these two episodes back to back, you'd be like, yeah, this is the same show, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, but as like very careful PLL watchers that we are, it felt really different. Um, and yeah, I, I think we just need to, I mean, at this point, my feeling is that I just want to let these episodes play out and absorb the whole thing and see what they're going to do. I think we can see a lot of the pieces at the end lining up, uh, as far as the relationships and Mm. I really don't like the way they're going in that direction or I'm saddened by it. And we'll get to that. Mm. Um, but I want to talk about Aria for a second.
1: Let's keep burying this lead really hard. Yeah, no, we'll get there. Deep. We'll we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll get there um
0: but you know if you read any of the articles that have come out in the last few weeks about the end of the show uh there was a great roundtable on vulture.com which i recommend and we can put that in the in the show notes uh mm-hmm. or on on the rockblog.com r-a-w-k blog uh, or also in your itunes you can check it out um but one thing that came up was uh Aria, the not Aria but the actress Lucy uh yeah. went to the the show. and was like, "Hey, I'm tired of being romantic relief. Can I like do something else?" And this episode is the beginning of that happening mm. where she sees Nicole uh on TV talking about how, how much she still cares about Ezra or how he got her through this experience. Yeah. And it's just like, "Oh my god, I can't believe she's seeing this on TV." <laughs> so random. And in the next scene, instead of being this typical Arya response of like dwelling on it, we actually have some advancement of character from the last episode where she had this nice talk and was like trying to figure out how to deal with this. And in this episode she decides, all right, I'm going to go do something else. And Caleb teaches her all about blue snarfing and Mm -hmm. like hacker shit off camera. And Emily's like, they're in the car trying to track down, uh, Sydney. Sydney, Sydney Driscoll, Sydney Driscoll. And Arya's like, yeah, I'm all over this shit. Bluetooth, blue snarf, hack, hack, hack. Yeah. And Emily's like, when did you learn all this? What's going on? Who are you? Like I learned um, it this morning. So that like felt like... You could say that was a big pivot, but you could also say that the groundwork had sort of been laid in the last couple episodes of her like trying to grapple with her feelings and how to deal with them and deciding to actually be proactive. So I really liked
1: that. Yeah, agreed. agreed. What does is, what is she even see And in... Okay, so... I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty much against Arya in most ways. I just, uh, but I'm starting to come around on her. If, 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 uh, she dumped Ezra. If she dumped Ezra, I would be all on board with Arya. It'd be so great. Um, because honestly, what does she see in Ezra anymore? I don't, I don't know. What do all well, the people see in Ezra? I think the next
0: question is going to be, what does Nicole? who is not dead seeing Ezra because in one of the like two cliffhanger endings of this episode, uh, she shows up at Ezra's house, even though she's supposed to be in New York with him. So, and she's all alone mm-hmm. in the dark, just like hanging out like a crazy person. Yeah.
1: Waiting. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that
0: doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like Ezra brought her back. It seems like maybe she stalked him back and this is not going to go well.
1: Also, uh, <clears throat> is Ezra, like, that disengaged from his whole life in Rosewood that he is, like, half concerned about the, the business that he owns? Like, the fact that he is leaving Arya to, like, figure out these major decisions. Which we've had no indication of at all. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not like he said, like, I'm going to go away for a while. Can you please, like, watch my... Can you please watch my book hole and make sure that <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that everything is, is sound in my book hole? And... and <laughs> and uh there's never any confirmation that's what's happening but then it's like i guess that makes sense because the only one left around so she has to like interview bakers or something right that
0: was like a nice
1: little introduction <laughs> how, how do we get rid of that w- character that at one point s- sort of had a thing with emily right oh yeah
0: <laughs> that's so you you sort of knock out two plot things in this and <laughs> yeah. that you introduce the idea that Arya is like watching ezra's cafe or whatever and then also the inconvenient girl who was dating emily uh is now just totally out of the picture and we don't have to have like a weird reconciliation or any of that shit exactly um so that was like a neat bit of plotting but also you know just sort of shows the way that the pretty little liars brings in characters for a few episodes for convenience and then just shuttles them right out
1: you know who's gone holden Never. Yeah, he'll never be at the show again. That guy's never coming back. He's never coming back. He served his point, which is basically to tell Arya to, like, chill.
0: Right. Characters show up on the show for, like, two or three episodes to be, like, a cheap romantic interest or to, like, offer some advice like with that artsy bro who gave Spencer advice, oh right? My God,
1: that, was the, that, was, that was one of the worst plot lines ever.
0: It really was. But that's what the show does. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it really externalizes the character growth in a kind of shitty way. And it would be nice if you would allow them to actually have realizations by themselves and be three-dimensional characters.
1: Well, it's laziness. It's, ex- it's-, it's laziness mixed with expediency. Speaking of, Avon dies.
0: Yeah, I think so this, this is, is go ahead, go ahead.
1: Okay, so um, I don't think it's uh, anything we should pat ourselves on the back for to uh, predict that this was going to happen. Uh, as soon as they got in the car accident, you knew that she was going to die, right? Um, and uh, it makes sense in the grand scheme of our criticisms to say that killing Yvonne just is uh giving. Uh, Spencer and Toby the chance to get back together in order to restore the status quo and there fulfill all of the contractual obligations of the show. Um, But which is which is fine, because like once you accept that, then you accept that it's going to happen. uh, Or once you have that thought, then you accept that it's going to happen. But why? Why bring her back to life just to kill her in such a sloppy way less than a half an hour later?
0: I mean, this was absolutely the show at its most teenage melodramatic soap opera ever. Yeah. I mean, Yvonne... We said this before. It was cruel. It was cruel. I mean, she wakes up from her coma. She and Toby are talking. uh, Toby decides that they need to get married right now, and it's like this touching shot. And they're talking about... Later in the episode, they're talking about... Uh, it shows him and his tux or whatever, and it's uh, juxtaposed against Spencer out with Officer Fury making out after they've been on this nice date. He's shared his past with her and opened up a little, and you feel like they're getting closer together. And which again, I mean, that, like, that shot was really. Why are they putting the two of these together? These pa- these people exactly. are not. These characters are not connected. You don't need to do this. There's
1: no reason to do that except to forecast from a million miles away that these two characters are going to end up together.
0: Yeah, so I hated that shot. That was so
1: fucking... That was just so shitty. That was so bad.
0: It's just just manipulative. And then you get Toby and Yvonne talking about, like, where are we going to go on our honeymoon? And there's, like, no reason for her to just, like, pass out and die. But... That's what happens yeah, and she drops a, her bouquet of I'm flowers sure, they're from there. I'm not even n- going to
1: explain what medically happened to her to make her just die suddenly. Yeah. She's recovering, she's fine. Okay. Yeah, and then she just fucking dies. Like I, it's brutal. It's 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 brutal, but it's brutal in a way that is I don't, uh, it's brutal in a way that makes me feel like the writers of the show don't care about the characters. To the extent where they're willing to do this, uh, for exploitive, dramatic reasons, there's no other reason to do it. If they wanted, if they wanted the characters to get to the place where we know where they're going to go, they should have killed Yvonne in the car accident,
0: right? And it, just had it be one one cliffhanger, just like have that twist. Okay, it happened suddenly, as opposed to bringing her back and showing this like sweetness with Toby and the depth of their relationship, and now. You know then you kill her off.
1: the only thing I can possibly think of uh that explains why it happened this way is uh toby uh the actor who plays toby um oh shit, I can't remember his name sorry guy you don't you don't listen to us whatever sorry, but th- he was probably busy, and they're like we have to keep Toby at bay for the first couple episodes of this season um in order to. Uh, have him like have the actor like you can't you can't have the actor dealing with this great emotional loss at the beginning of the season because we don't have him around for that long uh-huh so we have to establish all this plot first before we can get him in to do some to do some of his heavy lifting as far as acting goes uh-huh could be otherwise there's no point just kill Yvonne Just right. kill her off well, in and the car you, accident. and
0: then you have that shot where she drops the flowers and of course you know what that means uh, but I'm holding out hope Thinking, well, okay, God, let's maybe, maybe she won't be dead. Maybe this is just going to be, who knows what this will be, uh, you know. Even though you know, and of course, like it ends with Toby just walking out and just absolutely crushed, and Spencer finds him and he just like, you know, falls to his <clears> knees, <throat> and then you, of course, you know what's going on.
1: Keegan Allen, that's his name. Keegan, yes. Keegan, sorry. So but...
0: yeah, it's it's brutal, and it's really one of the more emotionally. I I think it probably is the most emotionally cruel death of the show. Although oh. there have been, you know, some pretty dark ones, but this was really awful. Yeah, I mean I mean not <laughs> since not <clears throat> since maybe season 1 have we seen one that was really this heavy.
1: Uh with uh Emily's girlfriend? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, I agree. And I think that uh it was um I mean I I, I, I can't I can't I see no I see no narrative justification for having this happen in this way.
0: Well, one of the one of the things about the show if we want to read into it in a thematic way is that it always has had things, bad things happening outside of the realm of the game. And mm-hmm. so no matter how bad things are in this traumatic, extremely controlled situation where you have this omniscient character essentially Other bad things can happen, and this is one of those things, presumably. And it just sort of sends the message or the the moral that either you can't control anything, everything's terrible, everything's going to end in tragedy, whether you play the game or whoever's pulling the strings or whatever. Tough shit. And you know that's like super nihilistic.
1: Well, we assume that you know that AD. Was behind the accident, the car accident. Right. Um, I mean, the, the, this episode, for some reason, kind of avoids speculation to that extent. Mm-hmm. And in mm-hmm. fact, no one has really brought up the idea that it's incredibly convenient that Toby and Yvonne got in this weird accident. Right. Um, I hit mean, a, they, hit a they deer. They, yeah, right. They do bring up tangentially that, you know, there's doubt around the idea of this deer. But. Um, Uh, there's, I mean, this has always been a problem on the show, even when there's the big reveal about Charlotte, there was kind of, it was, you had to do a lot of mental work in order to get the liars involved enough to put them in the danger that they were experiencing on a daily basis. And that's probably the case here, but it's just, again, it's just, what is the motivation behind killing Toby's fiance?
0: Right, and is it to set up this this cheap, gross reunion between Spencer? Yeah, and Yeah. Does Toby? A,
1: does AD want Spencer and Toby to be together forever,
0: or does maybe the, AD or is or does a the Toby shipper? Yeah. <laughs> well, or does the show just want that to like give you some sort of idea of classic romance, or uh, pander to the pressure of the fans? I
1: don't know, but why? Uh, why do you...
0: it? Just isn't a very.
1: Yvonne is a nice girl, and she deserves the best. She did not deserve this. I
0: I agree. I agree. Well, it's just like if the show puts all these high school couples back together, then it speaks to— And the and the way that they've treated Arya and Ezra from day one is it speaks to this very like weird and warped idea of teenage romanticism that you're going to fall in love with your soulmate first thing, and nothing else is ever going to happen to you. Mm-hmm and that's
1: aria fucking no uh it was aria right who said that to hannah who was basically like
0: yeah he, she says you guys found your way back to each other and, Alf and, and so will and, I and we will too and it's like so that's that's, that's the aspiration not real life, aria. shut the fuck up right and that's but that's what the show is positioning as aspiration uh which i think is gross squad goals yeah i think it's i think it's really bad <laughs> i don't think it i don't i i don't like it
1: no i no. But that's, it's it's just validating a very delusional way of viewing life. I mean, if if I was operating under this impression that, like, my high school love was the one that I was meant to be with, and that no matter what happened and got in our way, we'd eventually find our way back together, uh, I'd be very miserable right now. In fact, I sort of had this situation with someone I met in college, and after the fifth time, fourth or fifth time of getting back together, you're eventually just like, this is, we're not meant, this is not meant to happen. Right. Like, I, de- no matter what you believe about destiny, life has functionally shown us that this can't work.
0: Right. Yeah. I think what we're, maybe what we're learning about the show, particularly with this episode, is that it does have this very, tra- ultimately tragic, Romeo and Juliet vision of the world and also with like a slasher villain, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's like, this is, if this show, this show is never going to end on a sunny note, but if it, it feels like it's going to end in this really like just Shakespearean bloodbath at this point, which is really disheartening to me. I don't know. I thought there was going to be some achievement or some, you know, uh, transcendence or something do you think it's going to be a tragedy
1: as opposed i mean like you think about Shakespeare shakespeare's two modes tragedy and comedy comedy is when everyone gets together and tragedy is when everything falls apart right do you think that it's going to be a tragedy more than it's going to be like these characters finally like just ending up with the people that they were always meant to be with
0: yeah i don't know because none of the original relationship characters outside of emily's but we can link her to page uh, or Allie. All those characters are still alive, so everyone can still really get together. So it could end in in a Shakespearean comedic mode. Uh, I guess it would be more interesting if it didn't, but also just extremely brutal and sad. So I don't see a way that this show is going to end that will bring me any joy. No, no. Especially not after this episode.
1: No, and I just... uh... (sighs)
0: And especially the way it dangles Spencer and Fury's relationship in front of us, and Spencer is like, I mean, they don't have any real chemistry, but no. Spencer is like, you know, here's this here's this strong and and gentle guy who's taking care of me and uh, really thinking about my needs and blah blah blah, and it helps her come out of her own feelings. I was repairing my four week old wound yeah, that still like, bleeds? Literally, for some reason. literally, he you know putting a Band-Aid on her wound. I mean, the you can't make up the. Uh, the symbolic power of that, and but then attaching that to this Toby tragedy is like, well, you know exactly what's going to happen, right. you know, and it's so gross in a way for the show to be like, look at Spencer being happy with this other guy, but we know that that's not real happiness. She needs to be with this other guy, and we're going to kill off people for that to happen.
1: Right, that is
0: really dark. It's. I mean, am I misreading it, or is that? That's. I think that's how we both feel about it. I don't it.
1: think. I don't think you're misreading it. I think that you're reading it correctly, but you're putting the, you're putting the realistic spin on it, which the show is not doing. Which is that, I mean, the show. The show thinks that the inevitability of of Spencer and Toby getting together is a good thing, right? And we're like, no, that's actually really fucked up,
0: right? Well, I guess we have to see what happens in future episodes if we can continue to use the the sort of classic greek drama or the the shakespearean drama as like the lens dude, the, the literary lens uh in our very highfalutin podcast dude
1: you know what uh, uh this episode i mean I, did, I i i enjoyed this episode even though it has one of the worst moments in pl history in, inside of it otherwise it was a pretty good episode but uh i think that what this episode did was prove that all the things that we don't want to happen will happen because I think that, that Avon's death in my, in my mind, if Avon died, it was a sign of all the other things to come. Right. That I dreaded happening. Right. Um, from a, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, because it's not my show, I'm not writing it, but the things that I want to happen, uh, even p- putting this aside as we're being a uh, just like just characters growing in earned but unexpected ways. Right. Uh, just like just I mean, like, characters don't really grow in
0: this sort of even in the three act, in the three act structure. I guess you do have some growth in Shakespeare occasionally, but it's mm-hmm. also like usually just a lot of people dying horribly and everyone's like, well, I guess that happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about like Shakespeare comedies uh are yeah, characters don't really grow. Car- they just find their way to their destiny.
0: Right. Which um, is the grave.
1: Well, not in comedies. Right, right, right. I'm, no, I was, I was, I was thinking, thinking I was thinking
0: more of Macbeth or whatever. Right.
1: Like tragedies is yeah, it's like you you they're they're marked for death and it's just their their way of finding that finding finding their way to death. But um, I just, uh, uh, Yvonne's death to me marked the inevitability of everything that's going to happen, which is everything that's going to happen is going to be the status quo. And there's no way to,
0: and there's no way to feel good about it after this, like after having the blood squeezed out of us in this episode, Mm -hmm. there's no way to feel good about Spencer and Toby getting back together. You know, I mean, the show is going to really have to jump through some serious emotional hoops in order for that to feel. It's actually
1: it's really fucking dirty because it's just like you have you have this character of Toby who we've already established is very sensitive person and he's trying to get out. He's trying to do the right thing over the course of the next um, seven episodes. He is going to have to six episodes, six, seven episodes. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's gonna have to uh get over the death of his of his fiance, or sorry, his wife, get over the death of his wife and return to Spencer, who is also gonna have to extricate herself from, from Detective Fury. How do you think that's gonna happen? Do you think that Detective Fury is going to get killed?
0: I don't wanna think about it.
1: That would be very convenient and something the show would not hesitate to do.
0: That's true. That's true, especially since he's, like, the first good cop in the show's history, not counting Toby. So it would be pretty convenient. True enough. It would be pretty convenient to kill him off and leave the investigation floundering. Uh, Do you
1: think Toby's going to take back up the badge? Oh, yes. Yeah, he's, he's got to put that uniform back on. He,
0: he does. <laughs> um, one last thing that I don't think we covered was uh, Detective Arya. And Emily tracking down Sydney mm-hmm. in the sort of detective like plot advancement plot of the episode, uh, where turns out Sydney says she was running a d- doing a prank for Jenna, and uh, by showing up to deliver drinks to Mona and Caleb,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then of course uh, with the blue snarfing magic, we find out that she is going to uh, give put down a deposit for jenna's eye operation at this clinic and we know in the previous episode that jenna says that she was trying to get this money from ad to have this eye operation so now we know that that is indeed happening
1: yeah and that some so apparently jenna is being uh, uh manipulated by a ad through um Uh, through this operation that Sydney doesn't have any idea what's going on. She's just, for some reason, it's never really explained. For some reason, she feels obligated to help Jenna, even though her and Jenna have grown apart, and she doesn't want anything to do with Jenna Well, I don't believe
0: it. I mean, I don't believe any of that. I mean, this is 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 sort
1: of dumb. Yeah,
0: right. Well, this is sort of like the classic thing the show does in which it shows a character obviously lying and then almost never returns to it like right. almost never goes back to say what really happened uh but Although... it also, it also did the classic thing of you know so Arya, again like huge character like shift mm-hmm. is acts like a badass and she's like you're coming with us and she puts her against the wall and then after making this threat of like you're gonna come in the car with us and explain everything Uh, Sydney's like, well, here's what happened and I don't really know anything and can I just peace out? And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. See you later. Um, But, the nice, this is like, this was like one of the nicest PLL twists ever, uh, because this happens in so many encounters, right, where the PLLs think they have an advantage for once. They think they're going to win this situation. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you need to tell us everything. And the person's like, well, it's actually this random thing, maybe. And then the PLLs are like, oh, okay, I guess it must be that. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. And they yeah. completely blow their wad. Yeah. And in this episode, they do that. But they drop a motion sensor, mm-hmm. a, a, a uh, tracker, like a GPS tracker in yeah. her bag, a GPS tracker, which is awesome, and it's like the first time they've done something right in maybe like two seasons.
1: Well, it's also, I mean, it's funny too because, uh, and maybe this was just Aria and Emily playing good cop bad cop, but um, it was funny when Aria was getting fucking aggro on Sydney, and Emily's like, "Well, hold on, like, just you're getting a l- like." Maybe not like slam her face against the wall,
0: right? And this from a character who was like yelling at a high school student in the previous <laughs> episode. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, her 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 kind of girlfriend is gonna go bake somewhere else, uh, so maybe she's got some internalized aggression. Yeah, we don't even know if she knows, she knows about internalized bitterness. Yeah, she's she, not
0: even gonna address that character ever again. That's just gonna like slip off into the you know into the dead plot line zone. Wasn't
1: she? Wasn't that the the baker who gave her uh, pot cookies? Yes. Or no, that was Spencer. She Spencer. was giving Spencer weed cookies. Correct. Yep. Mm. Anyway, this is Emily's an adult now, and she can't have anything to do with drugs.
0: That's true. Uh, well, she works at a school.
1: She's an adult.
0: You got to be careful.
1: That's right. Paige wasn't in this episode. Neither was Allison. No. Neither was Coach May. Uh, Neither, neither was Mike. Neither was Chad Lowe.
0: Yeah, a lot of missing grown-ups. Lucas just- showed up.
1: He did. Lucas is back.
0: I still can't tell if Lucas, like, wants to hook up with Hannah. The vibe is totally that he does, but he doesn't seem to be ma- actually doing
1: anything to... Do well, his it, response, his, he had a really weird He just likes her
0: too much. It's like he's throwing her some vibes.
1: Well, yeah, but, I mean, it's uh, it's hard to tell because this show, it's like with Holden, where it, like, does the show believe that there is such a thing as platonic uh, uh opposite sex relationship with
0: holden yes he's the only character but
1: holden next is the same way that lucas did
0: oh i don't think so i think i think lucas is way more uh excited to be in the room with her but even lucas's he's like, response he's like too he's too upbeat
1: yeah lucas's response which is funny because it's like lucas you are insanely rich you don't need to fixate on this girl who obviously has no any like no romantic feelings for you, right?
0: Maybe he just really believes in her dresses. I don't know. No, no, no. It's he was you who know cares? he was just one of those characters who, after being in the Mona Army or whatever that whole sequence of events that made no sense and was dropped because it was stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we supposed to believe his his how that affected his relationship with Hannah or whatever? We're just supposed to believe that these two characters like, let's just put all aside all that extreme weirdness from when we were in high school and now we can just be normal friends and that's fine. I mean, I guess so. But Well, the, it's the, weird. Dave,
1: that's what being an adult is all about. Also, where the fuck was Mona who was apparently like uh Hannah's fashion guru who hooked her up with this whole situation right. and here is Hannah facing the impact of everything that Mona did and Mona's nowhere to be found. Yep. Good point. I don't think that that's purposeful in any way. I think that's just the show doing what it typically does, which is just having no room for one of its the hundreds of side characters.
0: Well, it was just like throwing out a plot line that doesn't really matter because if it mattered, then Mono would have come in to be the blog fixer and like dealt with it, right. which it would have actually been interesting in another show not about extreme sadness. This. The, the funny thing is that... In, in the Gossip Girl episode of this show, that's what would have happened.
1: This dumb blogger situation, which is like... its I mean, the grand scheme of things is that it's nothing. Uh, oh,
0: you know, you know, I just realized this. This is so obvious, but you, do you know why they did that? To show that Hannah chooses Caleb over her career. Yeah. That's well, why they did that. Course.
1: And Caleb, of course, is like, that doesn't affect me. Yeah. Because I never have to make choices like that. I'm just a smug fucking asshole who yeah. gets whatever he wants.
0: Yeah, he sucks and it was really aggravating what to shitty, have a shitty stupid character. Well, it was just really aggravating to have him have this like to run into Spencer and him be like, oh, do you want to have like a a serious like intellectual conversation about this? Like, can we process our feelings? Because I want you to feel really good about this. And it's like, motherfucker, you like waited years to get with her and then you bailed on her as soon as your ex girlfriend shut up. Right. Like, what is wrong with you?
1: Right. That, that was the that was such a dumb scene. And when when he got fucking farted in the face, I was he like, deserved it. Fucking die, you shithead. <laughs> um.
0: Well, the, I, I'm glad that something bad happened to Caleb because that was like sort of the comeuppance that I have been waiting for him to get due to his just his hubris <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know I, I want him to get more of an actual comeuppance because there's nothing about that situation because what was the outcome of that situation yeah there's no consequences his He's fucking just... girlfriend showed up and re- and lost the, the, the one chance that she had according to her yeah she,
0: well she doesn't get a puzzle piece either so a I mean piece. whatever and
1: everyone's like oh god you told Caleb fuck like oh geez yeah, well, uh, and Spencer and like this thing is that whole conversation was, um, Spencer being like oh okay you're in my house okay cool Ex- yeah boyfriend
0: I guess we can have beers together
1: and then he's like oh sorry I thought I was gonna be gone and and if I was Spencer I'd be like how did how did you get in here in the first place yeah, you're doing in my house it's creepy as shit that you just think you can come into my house and leave uh, without me knowing um, and then he's like this is nice. I, I appreciate that we can talk civilly to each other, and she's like, uh, and and you then he's haven't like, even had a conversation yet. This is really nice, and he's like, oh, you fucking smug asshole. This is what this is. It's a classic response of a guy who realizes that he got away with everything that he wanted to get away with.
0: Right, right. It's it's unfortunate that the show has made Caleb trash.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You to bone all these hot girls, and
0: no consequences for me, yeah, I mean, no consequences for any of the men on this show, mm. except for Toby,
1: except for Toby, who has everything that he loves ripped from him, yeah, the poor, sensitive Toby, yeah,
0: I felt pretty bad for him,
1: oh yeah, because that's the thing is like that's and that's what's so incredibly shitty about about uh these plot developments on the show is that. If you want to return things to the status quo, you need to seed these non-status quo relationships with signs that they aren't meant to be.
0: Right. Well, maybe there will be a. May I don't know. Maybe there will be a different. You think they're going to
1: retcon Ivan into being an evil person?
0: No, they're not going to do that. But maybe they won't get Spencer and Toby back together. I don't. I think they will. I would be willing to bet our our like. I don't know. Our next beer sponsor, our next fake beer sponsor, $0 on them getting back together, but maybe they won't. Maybe we're being judgmental.
1: Maybe. No, I think, listen, listen, if, if, if Toby and Spencer don't get together, I, I will, I'll respect the show. We will be the first to talk for an entire hour about it. Yep. Gladly. Uh, in fact, here's what should happen. Uh, you know, surprise surprise uh big fucking um uh revolutionary idea toby and spencer don't get with anybody at the end of the show oh my god they're single
0: no 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 hannah dies (laughs)
1: and caleb gets back with spencer (laughs) Uh, maybe ad just kills caleb maybe spencer kills maybe spencer is a and she kills caleb
0: Maybe Arya is A, and that's how she learns all this Bluetooth shit in like half a second.
1: Yeah, maybe. I,
0: I mean, she spent a lot of time. I don't want Arya to be A. In no, that, I don't. Um, I don't either. But she did I spend a to. lot of time with Ezra, who owns, you know, a, a pretty big hacker warehouse. And, and she's stuff. like,
1: "What? What do you expect, Ezra? You're not using these." This- elaborate network of surveillance equipment
0: yeah so i don't know if that was intended as a, a tell or a, uh, you know as like a wink to people who think aria is a i'm tired <laughs> i don't know how deep we can get into looking for looking for clues anymore i don't but i just I, want it to be over
1: i'll just say that i don't I don't think there's any point in digging deeper than we, in, than we instinctually think we should deep or we should, we should dig because
0: it's not going to pay off
1: the show because the show isn't working on the same level.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's true.
1: Oh man. Uh, Dave, it's episode 69. Nice. And, uh, I think that we finally come to a, uh, a big, uh, self-realization point in our podcast when we realize that maybe we're digging too deep.
0: Yes, it's true. <laughs> we are, we are. Although we had a big Shakespeare breakthrough, so I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good about our level of our level of criticism right now.
1: Yeah, I can't. We we can't help thinking too much about Perdue Little Liars.
0: Well, we only have to do it seven more times, and maybe eight. Maybe we'll do a post. You know, we'll yeah. To, we'll, do, we'll do a couple, We'll do like another episode after. I Milla mean, maybe, and maybe, maybe,
1: maybe in the the series finale day when they have the three hour you know, say goodbye to the liars special. We'll have a a whole episode devoted only to that.
0: Yeah, we could do that.
1: Just record two, three hour episodes. And then we'll say goodbye to all of you. Yes. And we'll throw Dave's computer into the ocean.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Throw our, throw our $10 microphones into the ocean. (laughs) Uh, Thank you all for hanging out with us. Let us know what you thought about poor Yvonne. We are on Twitter at PLGM podcast. Um, and yeah, mm. let us know.
1: Yvonne died as she lived, inconsequentially. <laughs>
0: oh. Poor Yvonne. <laughs> uh,
1: well, yes.
0: In, until next week, don't get in a car accident, bitches.
1: <laughs> can't keep a secret
0: if one of us is dead. Keeping. I know what a are keeping, it's you never tell.